You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. This Sunday, we conclude the beginning sermon series. Here's Pastor Rick with a message that is simply titled, Who? We've got one more message left. The problem is, in my notes, I've got about six messages left. And so it was like pray, okay, God, which is the one? Because, I mean, you can ask, you can ask Jamie, you can ask Brent uh, to help me, you know, with graphics and the, the, with the worship stuff. I hadn't told them exactly which one uh, that I was going to do when. And, and I actually, until maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was asking God, which, which one of these? Because i got to leave some out. You know, I, we, we could go on with this series, but it's, it's been two months. We uh, normally don't go that long with a, with a sermon series. This, this, this time we've gone almost two months with, uh, with this sermon series. So what is the last thing? Well, I guess you already see the, the, the word up there for today, who, but exactly what is it that we're talking about? Okay, so the sermon series is the beginning. When you began your walk with Christ, you already had a lot of who's in your life, right? You already had a lot of people in your life. Some good, and let's just say some not so good, right? <laughs> Maybe we won't say bad, but we'll just say some not so good. And, and you know what we do? I, I think, I think uh, everybody kind of gets the idea that when you start walking with Christ, you know, everybody kind of gets this idea that, okay, I've got some relationships that I've just got to break off. I've got to get rid of some friends. And we kind of get that. And, and, and I'm going to address that in just a little bit, okay? But I think what is even more important than maybe looking and finding those uh, not so good relationships, what is even more important, I think, is adding right relationships, you need some good, strong Christians in your life. It's more important for you to add good, strong Christians in your life than it is to cut off all of your old, because we're not going to do that. I'm going I'm to talk about that in just a moment, but in, in a little bit. But, but it's more important for you to add those good, right Christians in your life. Okay, so around 2911, one of the ways we say this is everybody needs five plus one. Well, who are your five plus one? What are you talking about? Okay, I'm going to tell you, all right? We, you, if you're an attender, regular attender, a member at 2911, you need at least, and this is, this, is, this is just a number, okay? It could be four, six, eight, whatever, but you need at least five people, we believe, that, that really know who you are, that they miss you on a Sunday morning. If you weren't here last Sunday, you ought to have five people this morning say, hey, you know what? I missed you last week. Or, or maybe that called you on Sunday afternoon and said, hey, I missed you this morning or something. You ought to have five people like that that, that are that close to you. So who is your five? You know, we've, we've got plenty of friends, but do we have five good close Christian friends that are concerned about our spiritual well-being and, and uh, how well we're doing? But you also need that one. We all need that one, that one that we live a little closer, okay? L let me give you some scripture for this right here. James chapter 5, verse 16 the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, that doesn't sound like that relates. Hang on a minute, okay? And I, I'll help you relate this. We see this right here, right? And, and, and you've heard that verse, maybe you've, you, you've quoted that verse, maybe you've, you've held on to that verse as a promise that I've heard people pray it. God, you said you said if I would be righteous, then, then, then my affection, my fervent prayer would, would, would have great results. And, and people have used that as a, as a promise scripture for prayer. We want this, right? We want our prayers to give great results. We want to pray and God respond. 
We want to pray and good things happen. We want to pray and God hear us from heaven and take care of whatever the situations are in our life. We want that. Could somebody say amen? You agree with me on that? Okay, we, we, you agree with me that we want that, right? But that's just part B of that verse. There's another part to this verse. Let, let's, let's look at the first part of that verse. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so now, you know, you put all that together, and that kind of that puts everything in a different, different viewpoint. And say so that's one of the problems we have when we just take a verse or two of Scripture, right? Why? You need to be reading the Word of God so you get all of it, okay? All right. That, that's, that was the message we've already preached, okay? So, but here's, here's the thing, is you need to have close friends. I mean, that's what the first part of that's talking about. I, I, I know some people say that means you need, to, you need to confess every sin you've ever committed to, to somebody. Now, I, I don't personally believe that, okay? And, and, uh, and so I want to give you some counsel right here, or I want to give you, you know, the way I read this, the way I understand this as your pastor, okay? It, is, let me go ahead and say this. Let me, let me make sure everybody understands this. Please, if you've got friends who share everything they know on Facebook, don't confess your sins to them, okay? All right? So let me, get, let me give you a word here to think about when you're looking at that. Think mentor. Look for people who, who, who you can have confidence in sharing the stuff that you're dealing with. I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling in this. I, I, I've had some problems here. I, I, my faith is a little weak here. I've got some doubts growing here. Find someone you can have some confidence in who, who won't just listen but will also speak back to you. you. That's what that one is. You know, we all need people in our lives who we have given the freedom to tell us that's stupid. You need somebody like, do you have somebody like that in your life? Do you have someone that you have given the liberty, you have, you've opened the door and said, I want you to tell me how, how, you know, if this is stupid or not. Do you have people like that? You need somebody like that. And listen, let me say to those of you who are married, you need somebody like that besides your spouse. I know your spouse tells you you're stupid all the time, right, or, or your ideas are, or whatever. You need somebody besides your spouse to tell you that to take a little pressure off them so they don't have to tell you about all the stupid stuff in your life, okay? You need people like that. And where are you going to find people? Where are you going to find relationships like that, people who, who are concerned about your spirituality, people who are concerned about, about where you are, about, about the struggles that you're going with? And where are you going to find a mentor, somebody, you know, and maybe if they're not even a mentor, just somebody you can confide in, somebody you can tell about the stuff you're struggling with, and they really will make it a matter of prayer and not a matter of gossip. Where are you going to find people like that? Can I tell you, the, I, I believe, you know, and I don't deal in a lot of superlatives, you know, the best and all that. But I'm going to tell you, I believe the best place to find that five plus one to make those kind of relationships is small groups. I believe that is the best place to find that. Because, l listen, this sermon series is called The Beginning. That's what Sunday is. Sunday is just the beginning. I mean, if you make relationships here, it's just the beginning of a relationship. You are not close to the people. You are not really close to the people that you only see on Sunday. You are close to the people that you, that you kind of dig in with, that you get into some of the stuff with, that you get into discussions with, that, uh, that you, you get into Scripture with, that, you, that maybe, maybe you pray together. Maybe, maybe you don't necessarily pray together at that moment, but you pray together. You're praying about something together. That's where that happens. And, and where do you find those people? Not on a Sunday morning. This is just the beginning. You've got to dig in. You've got to find a small. And in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be kicking off, uh, th let's say one, two, three weeks from today, we're going to be kicking off small groups. 
And so you need to make up your mind. If you're going to find your five plus one, it's probably going to be in small groups. So make up your mind then. Okay, so, so let, me, let, me, let me go on to the next, next little thing I want to talk about, and I want to introduce you to a, a, a new word. Now, it's a new word for me. I've never really used it this way. It's, it's called neighboring. Now, that's not a new word. It's been in the dictionary for a long, long time. Just talking to James right before service, and he was talking about how sometimes we make things harder by just adding it out. Well, I'm doing that again here today, okay? It's like, take, you, know, you know what verbing is? Taking a noun and making a verb out of it? You know, there, now, the, the, the word neighboring, the way it is in the dictionary, it's an adjective, meaning things like, you know, the neighboring tract of land next to your land. Or the neighboring apartment, you know, the apartment's right next to you, you know, those kinds of things. I'm not talking about the adjective, I'm talking about a verb. Taking the word neighbor and turning it into a verb as to neighboring. And if we do that, then the definition would be doing things that a neighbor does. That's what neighboring is. You know, how well do you neighbor? <laughs> See, that's what verbing is, okay? How well do you neighbor? Turning it, in, turning it into that, turning a, a verb into a noun. How well do you neighbor? Uh, you know, we need to be neighboring. Well, well what does a neighbor do? I guess we got to answer that question first, right? You know, because uh, you could say we've got good neighbors and bad neighbors, but really, if you are a neighbor, you, you really can't be a bad neighbor in, in the context of what we call a neighbor. You, you can't really do that. You can't really be a bad neighbor. Just to be a neighbor is a good thing, okay? So what is, so what is it, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? What does it mean to, to be a neighbor? Well, Jesus tells us. There's a story. You, you've probably heard of the story of the Good Samaritan. I want to tell it to you real quick, okay? And uh, all of the scriptures are on the Connect page. Uh, there where the sermon notes are. Just go to church2911.com slash connect, and then click on the sermon notes. All the scriptures are there in their entirety. You just got a couple of them right here. Go ahead to that next slide, if you will, for me, Tommy. Uh, you just got just a couple of them here and a couple more in a moment, but the whole story's there, and you can read it, okay? So, so Jesus is asked, you know, about, about you know, the, the, the greatest commandments, and he starts, he starts telling this story, and he, and he, he tells a story about, about a man who, who fell among thieves. They beat him up. They, they, they robbed him, and they left him for dead. And then a priest comes by, and the priest, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with that. I, I'm too busy. i got to get to the temple, maybe, is what he's thinking. And then a, a worker at the temple also comes by, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Okay, so here's the first two things. Let me tell you this. Is neighboring has nothing to do, being a good neighbor, has nothing to do with position, hear me, or being religious. That does not make you a good neighbor, okay? All right, and so Jesus goes on with this story. He says, now a Samaritan comes by. Now, you and I, we don't understand this, okay? But, but he's talking about the Samaritans and, and Israelites, they hated each other, okay? And so he's saying one of their enemies comes by, and he's the one who actually stops, goes over, and he takes care of the man. He, he tears up some rags, and he binds his wounds up. He pours some oil and wine into, into, the, into the wounds to, 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 you know, to, to take care of them. He takes him to a, an inn. He pays. He says, he says, here, take care of him tonight. I'll come back in the morning. If there's anything else that, you, that I need, to, I'll pay you for that then. He takes care of all of this, and he does all of this. So, so neighboring then is not, it's not, what, uh, it's, it's not position, and it's not being religious. It's noticing. It's seeing things that need to be done and then actually doing them. Okay, so now at the end of this, the, the next slide Go ahead to those lists. At the end of this, Jesus asked the question, so, so who was the neighbor to the one who fell among these thieves, who fell among the hoodlums? He said, who was the neighbor? And so the man said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes. Okay, you get that? 
the moral of this, there he is, Jesus said yes, the moral of this parable, and since this is a parable that Jesus told, then Jesus is telling us here's what he believes that neighboring is, being a good neighbor is. It is showing mercy. Because he says, who's the neighbor? The man said, the one who showed mercy. Jesus says, yes. So the, so the parable here, the moral of it, which is a moral that Jesus, or a parable that Jesus told, so the moral or the truth that Jesus is say, saying to us, not something that I said, not, e- not even something that Luke said, the, 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 the parable here, or, or the moral here, the, the lesson here is that being a good neighbor is about showing mercy. And that's what we're going to do this summer. You know, summer of serve comes up. We're going to kick it off in two weeks, summer of serve. And throughout this summer, you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be neighboring, okay? I, I, I like that word now. You know, neighboring. We're going to be doing some good neighboring. So, so let's get out there and neighbor and, and look around you. Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? Let, let me ask every single one of you to, to answer me. And you don't have to answer out loud, but answer right here. Do you know someone who needs some mercy? Do you know somebody, somebody that you work with, maybe somebody that lives on your street, maybe somebody that you've been going to school with and school's over, you know, for this year, do you, but do you know someone who needs some mercy? You know, I, I, would, I, would, love, I would love for some of you to find some, some, some projects, not just to do it in, in downtown, and, and listen, those are, those are some great ones that, that we've done. Actually, uh, Bradley and Kristen, my daughter and, and uh, son-in-law, they actually, a couple of weeks ago in, uh, in Five Points, they ran into a guy that had on a 2911 shirt and, and Bradley said he didn't recognize him, so he asked him. And you know what he found out? He found out that one of our Summer of Serve projects went down and, and, and feeding, in the, feeding downtown and gave out shirts. And this guy, and he was wanting another shirt. You know, I I'm, you know, wish Bradley had had another one to give him that night. You know, but of how we're reaching out. And, and those things are great too. But I would love to find, for you guys to find something to do on your street, in your neighborhood. Somebody that needs some mercy. Let's find those. And, and listen, this is not something that, that the staff does. We, set up, we, we don't set these up. We will if we have to, but, man, we want you to set them up. We want to get involved with you. I'd love for one of you to say, hey, I really need, you know, I, I, I love working with wood a little bit. I'd love for one of you to come and say, Pastor, I, I, I've, got a, I've got a need, a place that needs some mercy, and would you help me build something? I would, I would love to do that. One, one day, me and, a, and one of the guys in the church, we went and, and built, in a half a day, we built a, a porch on the front of, a, of, a, of a, an elderly woman's uh, trailer because her porch was falling in, and she couldn't get in and out of her front door. And in less than a half a day, we built that little porch. I, I would love to do something like that, but you've got to help us find those places, and you know those places those places that need a little mercy. So we've talked about who. We've talked about who you need to be, your five plus one that you need to be connected to. We've talked, talking about now about who you need to be neighboring right now, but also this summer and summer of serve, we need to be neighboring. So let's talk also about who you need to be gathering. You know, and gather, when you gather, gather with urgency. We have, we have, I gave you four examples right here. Uh, Andrew, immediately, when he met Jesus, you know what he did? The first thing he went to do is he went and found his brother, Simon. You know who Simon is? Jesus changed his name to Peter. And he became, pretty, pretty much, he became Jesus' right-hand man, kind of, the, kind of the head of the church. I mean, he was the guy that kind of stepped up, and then he and, he and Paul kind of took things over, it seemed like, kind of ran things from after Jesus left. I mean, he was the guy. Or, or Philip went and found Nathaniel. Or John the Baptist, you know what he did when he saw Jesus? He actually sent some of his followers over to follow Jesus. He said, there he is. That's the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And some of his followers left and went over there. 
and went to follow after Jesus. And the woman at the well, and, and all of these, the, the stories are, again, they're there on the, on the Connect page. But the woman at the well, she, dropped, she came to get some water. She dropped her water pots and ran back into town. And she said, come see a man who's telling me things that, 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 that I read, just reading my mind and, and reading my heart and telling me things that, that nobody would know. Come see this man. And many people came out and believed because she had this urgency about her. You know, not, not a lot of people are going to be swayed by saying, you know, you ought to come to church with me sometime. But you say, hey, you ought to come to church with me this Sunday. We're doing something really, really cool. A baptism service outside, going to have dinner afterwards and all of that. You ought, you ought to come with me and just kind of check, just kind of check it out. You know, when, you, when, you, when you make it urgent, people, people then begin to take notice. What's my next slide? Um, uh, oh, 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 I know, I know what it is. Back that up for me. Uh, it's already up there. I guess we've already blown it now. Uh, let, me, let me say this. I, to, I told you I was going to come back and I was going to talk about, I was going to talk about those, uh, those, those relationships that you need to cut off, right? And, and, you know, growing up in church, that's the thing I heard so much. Is I heard when somebody became a Christian, I heard, about, I heard people telling me, you got to cut that, you got to stop having that relationship, you got to stop having those friends and all those friends. So let, let me tell you this. What, what needs to happen is when you become a Christian, you need to change those relationships. You don't need to cut them off. You need to change them. Okay, l l let's go to the very end of the spectrum right here, okay? So for you and your, your buddy, you know, that y'all always got together, your friendship was about getting together to do drugs, that relationship needs to change, amen? It needs to change. And so what you need to do is, is you, you need to ma maintain some connection. But if that relationship can't change, then that might be a relationship that has to end. You know, if it can't change. So, so there's the thing, is, is all your relationships need to change because they've all been built upon a life and a lifestyle that you have had that has nothing to do with your new life in Jesus Christ. And so all your relationships have to change. And so the relationships that need to end are the ones that cannot change. You know, if there's something that you guys are doing, you're involved in illicit activity or something, that's got to that's change. And if it can't change, those are the ones that have to end. But if we end all of those relationships, who are we going to invite to come meet Jesus? I mean, if you ended every relationship that you, who, who are you going to, who are you going to invite? Because if all of your relationships, you know, after you become a Christian are all people that you meet in church, they, they're already here. You know, they've already met Jesus or at least been introduced to him, whether they've met him personally themselves or not. You've got to maintain some connection there because, okay, now, now it's time for that slide right here, okay? Because your friends from before you knew Jesus are the main people, the first people that you need to be inviting to come watch you get baptized in water. You, know, you need to invite them. You need, like Andrew, you need to go find your brother Simon and say, hey, come and, come and meet him. Like Philip, you need to go find your friend Nathaniel and say, hey, we, we found the Messiah. Come and meet him. Like the woman at the well, you need to go and say, hey, come, come, come in with me. I, I, you know, and I, I just want you to see that, that I'm choosing something different. I've chosen a new, a new life in Jesus Christ. Those are the people. And if we cut those relationships off, then we don't have any. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people are never involved. A lot of Christians are never involved in evangelism because they don't know anybody except Christians because they've totally cut. You can't totally cut those off. What's more important, all those relationships need to change and you need to add in better relationships around you.
Okay? And listen, if you're a Christian, you, it's up there. You see it right there. And you've never been baptized in water, I dare you. Take out your phone right now and text the word baptism to that. We will send you some information so you'll understand what baptism is a little better. And you can make the decision if you need to do it or not. Next Sunday, next Sunday, if you're a Christian that's never been baptized in water, you need to be baptized in water. As, and and this, this is why we do it outside. This is why it's a public thing, I, why we like to do it outside. It's because it's supposed to be a public thing. It's not supposed to be something that just you guys see if we do it right here. It's supposed to be something that the community can see. It's a testimony so that those friends that you've had since before you were a Christian, that they can see as well. And it's really cool. The very first one that we did, we baptized a guy, a kid, a young man, that his, his grandfather, his grandfather was not physically capable of getting to church. And, but it just so happened that our church was sitting where, right up the hill, where his grandfather lived, and his caretakers knew that his grandson was going to be baptized, and they wheeled him out into the driveway, and he could look down the driveway, and he could watch his grandson be baptized in water at our very first outdoor water baptism. That's why we do it. That's why we do it outside. That, that's the reason for it. It's a testimony. And if you've, never, if you've never given that testimony, you need to give that testimony of being baptized in water, okay? If you've got questions, just text us. We'll, we'll just do it. Okay, so now I've got some more who questions for you right here. Because we're talking about gathering. Who are you gathering? Oh, okay, so let's, let's drill into that a little bit. Who is in church today, this morning, because of you? Not necessarily even in this. Maybe you led someone to the Lord and they're in church somewhere else. Maybe even in another state. But who is in church today because of you? Who was in a small group the last semester because of you? You know, those are, those are the real questions we need to be asking here. Who? Who? Who is in, who is in church today and, and who is in a small group the last semester because they're, they're small groups are, aren't uh, meeting right now. We're kind of in between semesters. Who was in a small group the last semester because of you? Those, man, those are... Those are tough questions because most of us don't want to give the answer, do we? You know, and, and even if we've got one or two, we, we, we kind of know that, man, but there, there really should be more people in church because of me. There should be more people in small groups because of me. So here's, I'm going to let you off the hook a little bit right here because I'm going to give you a couple of better questions, okay? Who will be in church next Sunday because of you? That's a better question. And who will be in small groups next semester because of you. That's the better question. Okay, so, because, you know, whatever happened, like Davis said last week, and if you missed that sermon, I'm sorry, you need to go back and listen to it on the podcast. You, you need to put a stake down and say, that's about yesterday, I'm going on from now. And, and if maybe nobody is in church today because of me, I can change that this week. And I can, I can make sure somebody is in church next week hearing about Jesus Christ. I can make sure someone is in small group next semester hearing and growing and learning and maybe meeting their five plus one in that small group or at least some of those and starting to do that. I can change that today. And so that's the decision we all have to make. We all have to, we all have to decide how we can do that and can we get there. And you know what? I don't know, you might remember this from earlier in this sermon series. If it's important to us, we'll find a way. If it's not, we find an excuse, right? So let me ask you, is it important to you that someone is in church, that you can look God in the eye, the, 
the next time that you're praying or look him in the eye after this life is over? Is it important to you that there will be, there will be people in church because of you next week and next week and next week? Is it important to you? If it is, you'll find a way. If it's not, we'll find an excuse. So let, let me give you a little bit of help. I'm going to give you a little bit of help right here, and I've got to hurry, okay? So let me give you a little bit of help. Awesome opportunity for you to invite somebody to come to church next week. Because they don't even, I mean, this isn't a, a, a traditional church building, but they don't even have to come in the building next week. If they get to come outside, hear a short sermon, you know, and, and be a part of something amazing, the, the, we'll still have worship and, and those things. And we're going to have, uh, I, I, think, I think Full Moon is catering next, next Sunday after that. You know, for, it's free, okay? Don't, you don't, don't tell your friends to bring 10 bucks, okay? It's free, all right? But what a great opportunity. You know, bring your chairs and just sit out there, or you can sit on the bleachers if you want to. We'll have those out there. What a great opportunity. What, what's next? A summer of Serve. The next week after that, we're kicking off Summer of Serve. What a great opportunity for you to actually get out there and start touching lives and changing lives and find somebody. You know, there are people sitting here in this room today because of the way this church has reached into the community and served. I mean, there are, there are people who are right here because someone in this church reached out and did something in their home or, or for them because of a sickness or, or a hospitalization or something, and, and they are in church today because someone in this church reached out to them. Let me give you some more help. Small groups are going to kick off the very next week. And so that, that's just a great place for you to be able to invite. Instead of inviting somebody to come to even a church service on Sunday morning, you can say, hey, come with me to small groups. And there's all kinds of small groups every semester. There, there's different things. There are some that are, that are really deep. And there are some that are, 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 are a little, little lighter, so it helps people who are just getting into small groups go to it. That's kicking off the week after that. And the Blockbuster this, this year, Blockbuster, I hope you've seen the video. I hope you've seen some, some, of, the, some of the stuff. Blockbuster this year, we're going back 30 years. We're going, we're going Blockbuster retro this year. We're going back to the 80s. We're picking up some of, the, some of the iconic movies from back in the 80s. I know that was before some of you guys were born, but, but you've watched them. You've seen them, you know, and you know those. We're going back to those. And what, what a great opportunity for you to invite some of your friends. I mean, especially like you, you hear them talk about, and we're going we're gonna to let you know what some of these movies are, but when, when you hear them talk about, you can say, hey, you know what? My pastor's preaching on that in a couple of Sundays. Why don't you come with me, and you, you'll enjoy that. Opportunity, opportunity. How else can I help you? Share page, church2911.com slash share. Go there. You know what there, there is there? Well, first of all, at the top of it, there's a lot of stuff with the Blockbuster. There's things that you can share on social media. There's something, you know, and if your friend isn't on Facebook or, or, or Instagram or something, you can send it straight to them by email or whatever, you know. There's stuff there that you can share. But there's also a couple of, a couple of testimonial videos, some of those from the earlier in the year, that, uh, where some of our families talked about the amazing things that God has done in their life. There's stuff like that. And, and content's going to be added to that and added to that and added to that. So, so you know bookmark that. That's a great place. Do I have anything else? Yeah, one more thing. Touch cards. Y'all know what touch cards are? They're back there on your way out the door. I'm hoping we got all that set up and you're going to be, when you walk out the door, I'm hoping they put one in your hand, but take more than that if you want it. Take five, take ten. You know what a touch card is? It's like driving through the drive-thru and you, and, and you just feel impressed. 
hey, I need to buy the, buy the meal of the people behind me. And, you know, all you got to do is you tell the, because it, people do this, tell them. But here's the difference is, is don't just do it. Hand them a card. Say, would you give them this card and let them know? That way you're letting them know that a Christian did this for them. Somebody who loves Christ. Somebody who did this because of the love of God that is in their life did this. So, so get one of those cards. And one of the best things about having those cards is that if you leave it in your car, it reminds you that, hey, I need to be doing I need to be touching lives. I need to be, I, I need to be used of God to gather people in this way. Okay? And, and there's lots of ways. You can cut somebody's grass and leave the card on their, uh, you know, on their front door. Uh, t- take the garbage cans around or something. Ba- bake, them, bake them a cake or some cookies you know, and take it by and put a card on it or whatever. Lots of ways you can use these touch cards. So, so there you are, one, two, three, four, five, six different ways that I've given you. I, I made you this promise this year, and we're, we're reminding you of it again here. We're doing everything we can to put the tools in your hands so that you can share the dream of what God is doing in your life and what God wants to do in the lives of those people that you are connected to. So we've talked about who, 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 to, who, who to connect with to be our five plus one, who, who to neighbor this summer especially, but then to go on and go on with it, and then who to gather. And so in, the, in, in these last few minutes that I have left, here's what I want to do. As I want to wrap up this sermon series, okay, real quick if I can. And, and go on, there, there we go. Th- these are some of the things that we've talked about in this sermon series. And uh, I, that was all I could squeeze on a page and feel like you guys could still read it from out there, okay? You know, there's just so many things. And I, and I, wish, I wish there's so many I had to leave off. But things like, where can God make a difference in my life? Everywhere. Whatever is next is up to me. It's not up to God. God's, God's waiting on me. Ordinary actions, reading my Bible, every day read, read a little something, pray to God constantly, always talking to him, all those things. Ordinary actions are how the extraordinary is released into my life. There is no good time to take a break from what is right. You don't perform the dream. You know, it's not just doing stuff. You live the dream. Having Jesus around creates opportunities for the miraculous. So keep him around. Find ways to get him around. Titles tell people who you are, but towels show them. And I don't have time to explain that. If you missed that sermon, go back and listen to it on the podcast. I don't give offerings. I'm an investor in miracles. The hand that rocks the cradle, David said last week, changed this a little bit, that the hand that rocks the cradle can change the world. And something else. Listen, sometimes people say stuff that just just needs to be repeated, and sometimes you're married to that person. So let me just tell you something. Last week, when she was talking about raising kids to know God, one of the things she, one of the things she said is she told a story about Colin, our seven-year-old grandson, and he said something that some of you probably don't even realize is in the Bible. He said, and it's something that's not in a Bible story book or anything like that, something that's a little deeper than most of us get into. And our little seven-year-old grandson said something, said this thing, and, and so this is what David said. She said, I didn't teach him that, but I raised somebody who taught him that. Wow, that's deep, ladies. That's deep, moms. That's deep, dads, is, is we need to be thinking about that. And today we talk about having close friends who will tell you that's stupid, and let's do some neighboring this summer, okay? Here's, but here's the thing. Here's the way I want to wrap all this up. These, these are these are just some of the things. I, and what I'm really hoping is I hope you say, well, I didn't hear that one. I hope that'll make you go back and listen to the podcast of all the ones that you missed because there was so much that was there. But here's the thing we have to get. Because I've had, I've had so many, in my years of pastoring, I've had so many people who would try these things and say, that didn't work for me, pastor. It's not about trying things, okay? That's not what Christianity is. It's not, well, let me give this one a try. 
that didn't work. Let me try this rule over here. Well, there's a scripture over there that says so-and-so. Let me try that one out for a little while. That's, that's, that's not what this is. Let me give you a word to wrap all this up, okay? Is the word consistency. Consistency, I believe, is the difference between potential and realization. It is the difference. Talk about raising kids. It is the difference, you know, because I think, I think what people do is they sometimes say, well, they went to church and their kids turned out like this and, you know, they didn't go to church and whatever. You know, here's, here's the thing about the consistency. Not living with consistency is like rolling the dice. It could turn up something good today and something bad tomorrow, something good today and something bad tomorrow. And so it's, it's potentially good, but it's also potentially bad. But when you, when you start living consistently, you get rid of the dice. There's nothing but good possibilities. Potential becomes realization. L- let me explain to you what I mean, talking about raising kids, okay? If you are, if you are giving inconsistent messages about how you feel about God, about how you feel about his word, the Bible, you know, if you say it's good but kids never see you read it or they never hear you quote it or say anything about it, if you give inconsistent messages about how you feel about the church, because remember, it's his church. You are his church, you know, and so we got to be careful what we say, things that we say and things that we do and the way we, the way we treat church and, and attending church. All the, if we give inconsistent messages to our kids, we may still get lucky and raise kids who love God more than we do. Chances are it ain't going to happen. But if we train up our kids to do things in the way they should do them, then we know that when they are old, it will not leave them and they will not leave it. You know, that's, that's, that's not just an idea. That's a promise from the Scripture. It says if we train them up, I, I pretty much quoted it there, just gave it a little Rick hand slant a little bit, okay? Is we know that. That's the promise. Is, and, and training is Training is not talking it and not doing it. Training is talking it. Training is talking it and modeling it, giving the examples, is speaking it and telling it and doing it and doing it. Training is consistency. You know, or like, think about this also. If someone knocks on the, my, rings the doorbell, a kid rings the doorbell, and they say, hey, we're raising money to buy new band uniforms, they're going to get an offering from me. They're going to get a donation from me. But you know what? When it comes to 2911 and the miracles that I'm seeing happening around 2911, nobody has to ring my doorbell. I'm already investing in the miracles. I believe in this. I believe in what I'm seeing. I'm investing in this. You see, I will continue. And I, I give gifts of donations to local, local schools, but I am invest, I'm an investor in the miracles of God and what he is doing. You know what I'm talking about? It's the difference. It's consistency. It's consistency. It's like, it's, uh, just one, one more example right here. It's like your marriage, if you're married, okay? And, and if today, if today you pour in great things into your marriage, you, you were just kind, you talk kind, you sacrifice so that your spouse can have something, you, so you can share. You're, you're showing love. Do it. You are pouring great things into your marriage. But then the next day, the next day you're just dumping a load of crap into it. You, you, you know, you know, I, you want me to lay it out a little bit more plain than that? Y'all understand? And then the next day, maybe you're back to being the good guy or good lady. And then the next day, you know, got another load of crap. Now, listen, every one of us, we can all have a little bit of crap that we sometimes, but, but the, the difference is 
when, when we do that, we got to dig it out. You know what that kind of marriage is going to look like? I'll tell you exactly what it's going to look like. You're going to have blessings, joy, peace, and anxiety, turmoil, and strife. Yeah, because the Word of God says, whatever we sow, we're going to reap. Whatever we plant, we're going to harvest. And so if you plant joy, peace, and crap, you're going to reap joy, peace, and crap. And so what do you do when you, yeah, sometimes we do plant crap. And so what do we do? As soon as we realize, we got to dig that stuff out. And our, our MO, our, re, our consistency has to be the joy and the peace. Why don't we get this about consistency in our walk with Jesus? We get it about everything else, right? I mean, don't you know that if you want to graduate from high school, you, I mean, it's that week, right? You have to study. You know, you have to study regularly. You can't study the first six weeks of the year and not do it the rest of the time. You can't, you know, you can't just go to, go to school one out of every two or three days and graduate. We understand that, right? I mean, if you want to be healthier, what do you need to do? Eat better and get some exercise. We understand that. Well, not do it, but we understand it, right? And it has to be on a consistent basis. We can't, we, we can't take one day out of the week, you know, and eat, eat, eat two uh, Big Macs for lunch and four uh, Whoppers for dinner. We can't do that and, and, sit, and, you know, and lay, be a couch potato the rest of the week. We, there has to be some consistency. We, we get this about everything else in life, but then when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to our walk with Christ, a lot of times we treat it almost like a to-do list. Okay, if I do this, then I'll, I'm going to get this. That's not the way it works. It's not, it's not uh, I'm, I'm going to go to church enough that I, Jesus won't be mad at me. I'm going to pray enough that I stay connected so when I really need something, he knows who I am. I'm going to read the Bible enough so that I'm not totally lost on Sunday when the preacher's talking. I'm going to sign up for a small group, but it's more important not to just sign up. I actually have some consistency. Go there, dig in, and let something awesome happen in your life. We get this about every other thing in our life. We understand that, and yet then we, we try something on that list up there and say, well, that didn't work for me. I'll try something else. That, that's, that's not what this is. It's not a checklist. Being a Christian is not a checklist. It's an identity. Being a Christian is an identity. It's about the consistency of who you are every single day and moment of your life. It's about choosing to follow Christ. It's about being his and being like him in every single possible thing that you can do. That's what being a Christian is. And that's what this sermon series has been all about. You're beginning. But let's finish. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer requests by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.